How you guys doing? Welcome to the show. We have a special guest for you guys tonight, and that is Bigfoot. He is the international president of the Vagos Motorcycle Club, and he is going to give his side of the story for the club and we're and the response actually to that net geo that was done with Mariana Van Seller. We all know it was a trafficked episode, and let me tell you, I know because she cut me up. Yeah, I ain't going to even go there. Anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about some of the behind the scenes as well as dispel a lot of other information you heard out there as far as responses from other creators, from that geo, the, hind, the whole nine yards. I got a co-host today. That is Black Dragon uh, from Black Dragon Biker TV. But our very special guest is Bigfoot. What's up, Bigfoot? How you doing? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. You just got to yell a little louder out there. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. We're, we're excited to have you on. We want to welcome our listeners from South Korea. How you guys doing out there in the barracks right now? I know you guys listen to us a lot. Uh, how you doing, Moscow and uh, Europe? Uh, South Africa in the house off of Africa TV. We are worldwide right now, which is a great thing for everybody to get the response. Uh, so, Bigfoot, tell us a little bit about yourself, why you're here, the whole nine yards. All right. Uh, basically, we're here tonight to fill in the blanks, so to speak, of our uh, traffic episode. We spent about uh, five or six hours with these folks, uh, obviously, with uh, Mariana Von Zeller being the host. And um, all, all the content and all that footage was cut down to about three minutes. So uh, some of the, what's important to me is is the reason and my motivation for having been there in the first place um uh, as normally outside of typical social media we tend to stay a bit tight-lipped and have over the years but but again this isn't really all that unprecedented but uh it, it, it was uh meant as an act of self-defense for subjects to come and I'll, I'll explain in further detail as we get into it right on and now you just mentioned that it is unusual for members of a motorcycle club to come on camera, which even infuriates me more with all the work that was put on behind the scenes. I know myself, what we were talking, uh, me, Mariana, and some of her producers for a few months before even an introduction was uh, done and the clubs took over for you know, their own negotiations, what they were going to do. But one thing that really disturbed me out of this, and it caught me by surprise, was no other club knew anybody else was involved. You know, no, I had no idea. I thought it was honestly, I, I, I was under the impression that it was our episode, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I mean, so not that really was, was that under that same impression? Not, not that there was, you know, like, Hey man, I thought this was all for us. Come on, but, but I just had no idea that we were gonna be, you know, be featured with with other folks. And let me right. just, just let me just say as we get going here, because we're just getting started, is it's important to me to note that I, I'm not here to speak for any other club. Um, I, I I certainly want to not 
be I, I believe that manners is everything and i believe that would be strictly bad manners so i i, I speak for me and we uh, and no one else rock on understood understood uh what was your motivation for actually doing the nat geo episode especially when it is kind of you know how can i say it uh tacky, tacky if you yeah. will how they treat clubs in the media. And a lot of people were coming back, well, why did the clubs even go on there? And my thoughts when I started getting into the negotiations was it's time for the clubs to be able to put their side of the story out. And mostly the negotiations had to do with NCOM, with me anyway. Okay. Uh, but it didn't go that way. They chose Gangland instead. So right. if you would speak on kind of some of the background and all that good stuff. Please, I, I, I thank you for asking that question. Um, here's why. Recently, our club went through a hell of a, a hell of a, a, a an episode, a, 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 an escapade as it relates to federal law enforcement and, and some of that ugliness. Um, so why I went on trafficked in the first place and why I'm here now to make sure that so much to, to reiterate so much of the content that was o o omitted there was is basically, again, is this is an act of self-defense. They, they came up with, they, they called us gangsters. They used the gangster Rico statues to prosecute us. And, um, you know, we, we, we give what we get. And, and frankly, I am sick to death of the standard issue over and over again this is the mob on two wheels. They are a bunch of fucking gangsters. Um, uh, you know, it's it's just it just gets old, and sooner or later, some of us have to come out and say, "Okay, you've told yours, and now you know you've thrown your punch, and now I'm going to throw mine back to defend myself." And I, and this is an act of defending myself and my brothers. Um, well, you, also, you also said in there um, that you. Uh, are also of the idea that clubs should should be able to represent themselves. Um, uh, I thought that you had said that in the in the beginning. So, what do you well, say to that? I, I I wouldn't again. I I can't to be to be clear again. I don't want to speak for other clubs, but for me, this was this was a risky thing. I, I mean, I'm not patting myself on the back here, but there was a lot of apprehension within my club uh, and some of my closest mates to to you know, you sure you want to do this? And and I frankly, at the risk of my own detriment, I said, fuck it, we're going to do this. I'm going to do this because I can't stand it anymore. Uh, and we sit there and take it on the chin over and over again. And it's about time that we fire back a little bit and, and, and dispel some of that. So, so part of what I'm doing here is we get made out to be these great big monsters from from the deep and and, and so I, I would like to have us hum, humanized a little bit i'm not asking the world at large to fall in love with one percenters or the Vago motorcycle club for that matter but i i am i am asking at most especially you know those of us here in the united states to, to think critically and and man just quit taking that that forced down rhetoric over and over again pipe dream that gets jammed down your faces because it's simply untrue i mean obviously it would all it would behoove me if it were true to say it's untrue but it is factually untrue 
in this in this instance, if that uh, makes sense. It's, you know what? It's so true, and I want our audiences to know this 100% what he just said. There was an incident that we were covering forever since its beginning to the end, and I heap a lot of praise on the Vagos for what they did sticking together during this case in Vegas. This is to the extent that the FBI, DA, whatever alphabet agencies you know involved will go to to just get themselves a couple convictions when they're wrong in the first place. And I'll let Bigfoot take over about the, the Rico uh, stuff that was going on. Yeah, I'll get into, uh, I, 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 I'm how happy to get into, I kind of organized my thoughts here, get into that in a, in a minute. I think first, if, if you if I may be so bold, I, I'm new at this, you guys are the pros, but I think maybe what did we cover, say what was broadcast? Uh, sure, let's go that way. We can go that way. That. There's not much to say there. But we, I was thinking I'll cover what was broadcast and then get into the meat of what's what I'm doing here tonight. And that is what was omitted, which was a massive amount. Perfect. Uh, You're, you got the air, man. We'll let you go. Go yeah, for okay. it. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so first things first, um, you know, I, am, I, I scrutinize myself viciously as I should because that's what the men that I represent and work for deserve. So when I went to click on this episode and watch it, I was doing so with, with, you know, my tongue in my throat, nervous as hell. Please don't let me look like a fucking asshole. And I was thankful that I didn't look like a fucking, re- a fucking asshole. So that was, that was good to know from, from the beginning. Um, well, I've heard from many people, uh, Bigfoot, you represented your club perfect, man. Just so you I know that. And also uh, Shaggy 1% are just just came on uh and uh one of the first things that he typed uh in the comments was that you represented yourself and your nation uh and, and uh, with uh with great respect so uh well, yeah we're, we're looking we didn't we didn't see uh those uh those words are very uplifting and i'm grateful thank you but go ahead uh, bigfoot so and then so what i did was i i did it at my uh little you know, how did you do? And, and there's one thing I would have liked to have clarified. You saw what was there. Um, they cut it up. They cut it up. It was a, it was a cunty thing to do. They did the, they did the gangland thing. Although I, I would say that honestly, I, I pretty much expected that. I, I knew that they were selling me to get me there, but I kind of had a feeling Clay, because I, I assumed that like, like a lot of, of mainstream press, which I guess is what they would qualify as, depending on how you look at it. Um, they, they, these are their puppet masters. These are their, these are their gods because it, you know, they, they, these people would be happy to cut that information off from them. If you don't tell our version of the story, we will cut you off and you won't have stories to tell. Right. And therefore you will have no living to make. So I, I pretty much expected it. I didn't maybe expect the level of cut, which I think was a cunty thing to do. And I'm not using that word uh, uh, for, for strictly a woman. I'm, I'm using that for all involved in the production of said episode. Um, but again, it was expected. But here's one of the things I wanted to clarify is when she asked, well, what about murder? And I said, well, what about it? And then I went on to describe a, a scenario where it's, Guys are drinking too much, get fired up, and, and a melee occurs and a guy dies. 
what I should have done and what I what I criticized myself for afterwards was clarify that is what this the hypothetical scenario that I described there was not murder. That's not a murder. That is a that is two guys fists fly. I mean, maybe weapons, maybe not. Maybe a guy hits his head on the bar and fucking dies. You know what I mean? What, what I'm saying is that that's not murder. What she's talking about, she opened the show with this alleged gangland style hit allegedly perpetrated by members of other motorcycle clubs, but there, there was no proof. I didn't see any, any proof that those were, they, they could have been, they might not have been, but I mean, again, immediately the viewer is sucked in, in that moment that, ah, oh, you know, one percenters perpetrate murder. They go out and do these fucking clandestine silencer fucking pieces hits on people. You know what I mean? And, and it's just, it's categorically untrue. It don't work. It's just not something that happens. In my experience, again. Um, well, most of the time I try to explain when I'm covering biker news is it's usually lone individuals. It's never, you know, approved by the whole club. It's not like that. It's just individuals. Exactly. So, um, uh, and that's that's basically that that's basically what I and if we were to really break that down my 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 hypothetical scenario what we're talking about there if it got to a court of law would be a, a manslaughter and there is a big difference some people don't know but and that stuff does happen sometimes and it's terrible nobody wants it to happen but it does happen I will not allege that it doesn't but uh, I would prefer if it never did just like I would prefer if none of my brothers ever crashed their bikes and fucking die but that does happen too you know what I mean and that far and away despite what you viewing public now are told is, is the most common reason for death in a, in a motorcycle club is the goddamn motorcycles we love so much yeah they're dangerous sons of bitches but we love them to death and we can't live our lives without them no, don't you bite you. Rest. um and then the only other thing in terms of what was broadcast is um i talked about man's written law and punching people in the mouth now in the interest of the um, the station that I knew I was going to go on, I chose my words a little bit more carefully. Here, I can choose them. I can be a little bit more nasty about it. And here's what I mean. The law says, our, our law says that, so my mom passed away. True, a personal bit here. My mom passed away many years ago. She was very dear to our family. We all loved her very much. So say we're drinking, a guy doesn't like the look of my face. And he says to me, your mom is a whore who sucks cocks in hell. Okay. I say, I say, and the Vogels Motorcycle Club says that not only do I have a right to punch the mouth that that came out of, but I have an obligation to do so. And that is what I would like to clarify as, as it relates to that. And if you think that, that the law that protects people like that, who like to call the cops, if you think it would be wrong to punch that mouth, then, then, you know, you're not the fucking kind of person I want to know. And you're not the fucking kind of person that my brothers would want to know. Cause it's a disgusting thing, right? I mean, I, those words, it's when I did just it, being it, a man, any ordinary man would do that. It's putrid. It's putrid. Yeah. And so I, I think that sometimes we get a little bit too caught up in what's legal and what's not legal. Well, well in that case, you know, fuck what's legal. You don't get to say that to my face without me obliterating the mouth that it came out of. Exactly. And, and if you disagree with me, then that is your opinion. You're perfectly entitled to it, but you're probably a fucking pussy. You so, got that right. <laughs> so that's where that goes. I just wanted to clarify that. I didn't use such harsh 
language and even saying it right now makes me a little bit sick to my stomach, but I wanted to use something that everybody could relate to. So exactly. So that's, that's what that is. So that's basically all I have to say about what was broadcast in terms of the meat of what I'd like to say about what wasn't broadcast. Should I, I, I've been doing all the talking. So no, go for it, man. This is your platform. This is unedited. You get to say whatever you want. I mean, I don't know if you guys have questions about what I've said so far, or should I just keep rocking and rolling? What do you guys want to do? You to keep rocking and rolling. We'll 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 bring in the questions afterwards, man. Because uh, I feel you know what this uh, interview has yeah. to be the pinnacle of what me and Black Dragon do as far as news <clears throat> is be able to get uncensored, non-edited, the side of the club's view. So that's what we're really interested to hear. So go for it. We'll keep asking. Don't worry. Okay. Interrupt me anytime because I could talk the ears off of a dead guy. So well, uh, on, I, go on I go. Now, here's let's talk about what wasn't broadcast. And, yes, I'm looking down at a cheat sheet. Fucking let's go, Brandon, style. We do it all the time, man. <laughs> let's go, uh, Brandon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of the first things, you know, obviously I had to be on guard for um, – I, I, I was – I'm much more comfortable here. Obviously I, I've got a, a, an audience here uh, that's a much more welcoming there. I, I was edgy uh, because I was concerned about the gotcha questions, which were sure to come. Um, and they came the first one being, what about the property of patch? Oh, the property of patch. So everybody knows about the property of patch uh, and I'll let you explain that if necessary, but when we have somebody that that we love very much, that are, are women, uh, some of them are proud to wear, for instance, my old lady, my wife will wear property of Bigfoot. That we love very much. And, um, and I'm proud of that. And she is proud of that. But it was like, so the question came at me and it was kind of asked in a way that was, ha, got you, what are you going to do with this? Well, lucky for me, I was prepared for it she was wearing a wedding ring and so it's rude and you guys know what i'm about to do and she I watched i literally watched the color run out of her face and i because i said to her it's an interesting question mariana i noticed you're wearing a wedding ring and i watched the color run out of her face and i watched her go ah fuck i know <laughs> he's not stupid i said so you're wearing a wedding ring i'm assuming that means you're you're married she says yes and I go, do you know what, then do you know what your wedding ring says to the world? Don't try to, don't try to get with me. Don't fuck around with me. Don't ask me for my phone number. Don't take me on a date because I belong to someone, AKA I'm someone's property. I'm someone's wife. And that fucking con part of the conversation basically instantly dissipated. There was no further discussion because she was stumped because that's exactly I've got my, my wedding ring is also a one percenter <laughs> diamond, but right. I, I am recently married happily. So, and, and so, and, and that's what this says. I am somebody's property too, to the, mm. to, to the female population at large. I'm saying I'm, I'm married. I got an old lady look, but don't touch. You know what I mean? So that's, and that's the problem. They're always after them wedding rings, aren't they? <laughs> it yeah. seems like you get more chicks coming at you when you have the wedding ring. On. I swear to God, dude. Cat <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, <laughs> so that went. Uh, next subject that wasn't uh, again gotcha. It was well. Why don't you allow any women in your club? And it was a very simple. It was a very simple answer 
the answer to that question was we're a fraternal organization. Uh, a fraternal, for those of you who can't extrapolate the word fraternity, we don't go to college campuses and fraternities and say, why don't you let women in your organization? That's where, because they're a fraternity. And, and the opposite end of that is a sorority and sororities don't let men into their organizations. So it's, it's not that big a deal. It's a men's club and that's all there is to it. It's, it's not, it's not the he-man woman haters club. It's not no ma'am from freaking married with children. It's just, it's a, it's a dude's fucking club. What do you want me to tell you? It was, it was born uh, before I was, and that's just the way it is. So that was the answer to that question. And she seemed to kind of just roll with it because that's, there wasn't much more to do with it than that. Um, now the meat of, we'll get into the meat here of, of what else I'm, I'm moving along here. Um, so again, she did her, and I've watched you dispel this many times. She did her, what Bigfoot's trying to sell me is the bad apples routine. And bad apples. Oh, bad I was going to ask you about that. that. I'm glad you're that covering that. A, that part was a pretty good kick in the nuts because, well, because fuck you. You could say that about any fucking organization from the priesthood to law enforcement uh, to to government officials. Uh, you, If you're going to say that a few bad apples means the whole cha-cha is... And, and I would never say that anyways, but it's, it's corny and stupid. But you can say that about any organization. And that is common sense, which is lacking. Common sense, uh, you know, has a byproduct and, and that byproduct is critical thinking. So if we can just get some of the world to think critically about that, then we can dispel this type of horseshit. Um, right. So but and we went into um, she we talked about, you know, she loved she they flashed a, a, a picture of a guy, one of our guys getting arrested back in the day. And and then it's like gang, gang, gang. And you guys will recall this. That was actually broadcast. But what wasn't broadcast is part of what I had to say about it. And that was this. So uh, tell me if you guys disagree. According to the law enforcement, typical puke narrative, the Vagos Motorcycle Club would be listed as a multinational, huge membership crime syndicate, right? I mean, that's basically how they, they describe us, right? That's why they do it. Yeah. So if that is so, I would I would say in reply, well, riddle me this, you fucking Batman. If Devago's Motorcycle Club is what you say it is, that would make me the kingpin bathing in money of a multinational crime syndicate that is the one of the most dangerous things existing on earth which would also mean i'm i i'm pretty sure as i've understand uh, as i've understood recent human history that the heads of multinational crime syndicates are very rich men oh yeah that's well then explain this law enforcement i issue this as a challenge if i am the if what you say is so, then how do you explain that what I have to my name is a 20 year old truck with fucking 200,000 miles on it, 11 year old bike with almost 100,000 miles on it? My whole life fits into a bedroom that I rent out of a house that I don't own, and I live with a couple of other brothers. So, is that just my deep cover? Am I, am I hiding all of my ill gotten gains in some fucking storage container like, like? that fucking show about the the meth kingpin in new mexico whatever it was very called well said. very well said. <laughs> i mean am i am i doing that what? or or are you or are you just fucking wrong and telling america and the world a bunch of lies i say it's the latter 
I know it's the latter or else I am doing something terribly wrong. Exactly. Well, like I mentioned behind studio, there's guys that can't even afford to pay a hundred dollars in dues, but here they are supposedly be gangsters and stuff like that. I mean, I am, I am the most pitiful mafia Don that ever existed. If that's exact, if that's what I am, because I just, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just not getting enough of it. Right. I say that completely facetiously because it's, again, it is horse shit. And right. So, and you know what? You don't have all the women around you, you know, the nice 20 right? year old blondes and stuff. <laughs> uh, but go ahead, Black Dragon. You got a question? Uh, I was just wondering if you were calling, uh, you know, on the east east wing of your 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 multi-layer property over there. <laughs> yes, actually, yes. Um, we're going to go out to the grotto and have fucking Cosmopolitans later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, business must be good <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's, what it's, else it's, in the show because you spent uh about five hours with her yeah. and she cut it down the three minutes you you know you were saying yeah um we what's what's funny is um one i told her any and all questions just like uh the three of us did backstage before we started any and all questions are on the table. I fear nothing. There may be a question or two that when we get to in the interest of my job uh, and and what I am allowed to say and what I'm not, uh, I I might, I might have to back away from, but I promised her I wouldn't be offended just like I've told both of you. And, and that, so I was like, whatever you want to know, ask me, I might have to say, you know, I, I can't do that one. Sorry. But I, I was an open book to her, and I answered almost every one of them. I don't think I even recall. I might have cut one of my answers a little bit short. I, I was a little bit um, cryptic about it, purposefully so, and explained to her why. But uh, beyond that, I, I was, um, uh, you know, I was, I was an open book, and she really enjoyed that. She even said behind the scenes, you know, most guys – like you are normally very strict about what they will say, what they won't say. We have to go over it beforehand, etc. And I was like, listen, that's not what I'm here to do. Let's talk. Let's have a chat like two grownups. And, you know, if we get too far into something then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll back it off with, with no offense on either side of this. And she was like, cool, man, right on. She was actually a very pleasant person to deal with in person. I enjoyed her company. We had a good time. We shot pool, drank beers. It was fun. Um, furthermore, we had a great time with the whole crew. I've got I've got pictures. I, I'll I'll post at some point down the road to to uh, illustrate this point. But we we spent shit. By the time they wrapped up and put cameras away, they must have spent another two three hours getting half loaded with the guys, having a great time, drinking beers and exchanging stories and comparing worlds. And it was a really fun exchange. And I had high hopes, but I was cautiously optimistic. And obviously in in the aftermath of all this rightly so but they were they were fun people and and i i like to think that they were told what they had to do as opposed to this is what their plan was to do the whole gangland thing i like to think that because i you know i still have hope for people so to speak anyhow glass half full kind of guy but it was it was a good time and i think if any of the crew cameramen um producers directors etc were to be asked in a private arena i think they would say that they did have a blast with us because i know they did they were happy to pose for pictures with us we were happy to pose for pictures with them 
and yeah, you know, everybody caught a buzz and it was, it was a really fun time. Um, right. But nobody saw any of that, you know? Um, let's see, what else do I got here? So I had explained to her the same thing I explained to you. And that was my motivation for being there. And that enough was enough with the, with the one side of the story. See, Law enforcement knows that we don't talk on camera. So they get out there, they pump their fucking rhetoric out there, that same fucking story over and over again. And because we have fairly strict, a fairly strict program when it comes to stuff like this, um, they know that it's not going to get bucked. And so, and so they just, they just blanket out there. Like they don't show you the pages court documents of convictions and you yet you hear how Devago's motorcycle club uh they they allege how we are runners of women how we run bike thief rings and we are drug traffickers and human trafficking and any manner of awfulness that they claim about us because well i'm here to say to you two especially again thank you and to say to everybody watching and listening fuck that it's horseshit you just heard the description of my life that's not bullshit that's how I live. I have this high I have this high rank within the club, but it is not for self-gratification. It's my opportunity to serve my brothers, and I'm proud to do that. But it's it's it is not a for-profit industry being the IP of the Vagos Motorcycle Club, I can tell you that. Um so enough was enough. And 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 so after Rico, I couldn't wait. And I knew that this was something I was gonna do. Not everybody around me knew it was something I was gonna do, but I knew it was something I was gonna do because. Here's what happened. Innocent men were indicted. Innocent men were charged. Innocent men were tried. And then innocent men were set free. Because fuck the words not guilty. You can't turn from innocent until proven or unless proven guilty to not guilty. Not guilty is so some cunt can stand in front of a camera and say they weren't found innocent. They were found not guilty. You know, and that enough was enough. They took away two years of these men's lives on a on, on utter bogusness. And when and when their attempt at their bullshit failed, that was because there's no consequence for them to throw all these blanket accusations and fuck them for it. And and so that's I mean exactly. that's all that. And uh I know that's probably stirring up a hornet's nest, and I'm sure there are a bunch of them crying into their fucking uh, you know their lattes and, and micro brew beers right now. And, and <laughs> <laughs> well, the incident you're talking about was the Rico case that I mentioned in the beginning yeah. at Vegas. And, and if anybody ever, if any of the viewing public ever, these are, this is all a matter of public record. Their, their alleged experts and their witnesses are, are snitches and, and and crooked police who impeached themselves on the stand. One in particular impeached himself so badly that that the judge had to stop the proceedings so that as a witness he could be assigned a lawyer because he was perjuring himself so badly, and because our defense attorneys were skewering him or something. And that's something the it. media won't. That's something the media won't put out there because it don't no. fit their narrative. That'll never be seen. That that that'll never be seen. Never. But I can tell you. Go look it up, ladies and gentlemen. Go look it up. I am not lying. This is all there. I mean, it's thousands of pages of transcripts, but if you ever care to do the research on your own, it's there. I am not a liar. 
Um, right. So, and, and yeah, so, and, and lastly, what I did, and this was the one I was most proud of, and I'm doing it here now, and, and that and will be through the majority of what it is I have to say was, towards the end, I, she was getting ready to wrap it up, and I said, if I may be so bold, and if I could take a liberty, and I looked into a camera, and I, I said to them, I stand behind the things I'm saying, much like I'm standing behind the things I'm saying right now. I'm standing behind my brothers and I'm standing behind my words right now. And I challenge any of the federal law enforcement or prosecutors who, who, who prosecuted this bogus fucking Rico case, spent an estimated 40 to $50 million of the United States taxpayers' money on it. I, I, I dare any of them to stand behind the case that they prosecuted and go on camera and do so. Shit, I would get in a, in this room with you right now if you could get one of them to come on with us and skewer their fucking ass. Hey, but, Steve, oh, look, you listening, you cock? Go ahead. <laughs> and that is, and and but it didn't fucking happen. They they didn't accept my challenge. They never even covered any part of the reason I was there in the first place. Uh, I, I certainly was there to open some eyes, which I said on camera, and I was there to, again, humanize us. But I was there to say fuck you back because they said fuck you to me. They called me a criminal and a scumbag and a drug runner, and, a, and they called me all sorts of things by calling my club that. They called every one of my individual brothers that. And mm -hmm. so if it's fuck me, it's fuck you. So fuck well, that. I have to say your brotherhood is so strong. It was so refreshing to see all them guys stand shoulder to shoulder and go through that miserable experience and still keep that brotherhood. Something that's really not seen nowadays where when some guys get uh, hemmed up and stuff, they start flipping and stuff. No, right. those guys stood shoulder to fucking shoulder. Yep. Yep. Because, and there's a reason for that. They were innocent. They were innocent. But the, the, the federal government will threaten you with your life. They put the death penalty on the table for these guys. And, I mean, it's, it's disgusting. And, and you know, the, the average American should be sickened by that. It is a perverse bastardization of our, our justice system, which at its core is, got, is bright and, and brilliant. Uh, but, but when this type of shit happens, it's ugliness, and it, and it shouldn't be so. And if it can happen to us... And we have the support of all of our members to support our guys. Imagine if it happens to a, a regular, a couple of regular guys out there, man, who don't have that kind of support, who can't lean on that. You know, it's it's, it's ugly, and, and and it's not, and that is not a an exaggeration. You know, that could happen. And right. I think, yeah, and I think it's ugly, and I think it needs to be addressed. At the Can very you least. tell us about the behind the scenes of how they got in contact with you? the negotiations for those people who say, well, the clubs just got on there or why, you know, they don't Wait, understand there was a process. Uh, pardon my rudeness for answering your question with a question, but just to clarify, are you talking about the trafficked people? Yeah. The traffic people, when they got a oh, hold of you and stuff, they reached out, uh, excuse me, I'm beer drinking here. Uh, they yeah. reached <laughs> they reached out to a brother of mine via uh, social media. He he sent it to me and said, hey, man, I don't know what you want to do with this, but here's the thing. So 
I had been thinking for a long time. The Rico case had ended. Um, by the way, it should be noted, lastly, that that Rico case to, came went all the way to a verdict. And everyone, all charges for eight individuals that were pro prosecuted during the first trial, all of them with multiple charges, every single charge read not guilty or what I prefer to say, innocent. So innocent. That, that's worth noting. Um, but uh, the, the question was, how, and, and so once that happened, of course, they there was still two thirds of the guys that were on the original indictment in. And they and the government gave up on the rest of them and just turned them loose. Sorry about the two years you spent in here locked up. Oh well, no, no skin off our backs. That's fucking <laughs> losing jobs, losing family. Yeah. Alpha. They're not required to uh, compensate or anything like that. Not a goddamn thing. Not a goddamn thing. Just uh, well, move on. Accuse the next person. Probably in so you lose homes, jobs, cars, cars. bikes. Families, wives leave, children are are left during their developmental years without dads for fucking two years. I mean, it's just, it's awfulness. Never mind and, the, mm -hmm. the tanks and the the, the tank like uh, militarized vehicles that are used to punch in front doors and flash bang grenades and helicopters hovering overhead that are literally causing symptoms of PTSD in children. And this happened in, in, in at least one case I can think of uh, when it came to our our charges. Um, and why on earth did the people who served said, said arrest warrant, why did they, the first thing they did when they got there was destroy all of his own security cameras. Why did they, why would they destroy those? But they brought their own, but they destroyed his. Huh. Right. Interesting. But anyhow, um, so they got, I knew when it was over that I was pissed about what these brothers of mine that I love had been through, what our club had been through and what I had been through. It was a lot of work to have this position and be the go-between for our defense team and who are a bunch of absolute fireball, fire-breathing dragon aces. Uh, God bless our defense team, by the way, and I thank them all, and they know who they are. Um, but uh, they read, and I knew I was, I was going to fire back. I'm, I, I, we took one too many on the chin, and it was time for me to throw my own version. And um, so... They reached out to a brother via social media in, in the direct messages or private messages, whatever the fuck. And he sent it to me and I thought, what the hell? And they identified themselves and they identified their, their production company and, and, the, and the work that they had done and who she was. And I did a little research first. And then I went ahead and sent him a message. You sent this message to this guy. I'm the guy. Let's hear what you got to say. Um, a few exchanges of emails, eventually a, a few phone calls exchanged, and eventually a sit down at a bar to have a couple of beers and discuss what might be and what could be. And and not long after that, there I was with this camera crew and Mariana. But it wasn't an overnight type of deal. There was actually no, no, no. I I I, I rarely do things. I mean, I, I'm I'm still uh, a a green-blooded one percenter but i i rarely do things because at this at, in this position i can't just fly off and do things so even today tonight was was carefully considered um but uh it, it certainly didn't happen overnight i think the build-up for us was uh, a 
four months, maybe. I can't. I mean, shit. The, mm-hmm. You know, the interview was done probably a year, a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, Black Dragon, you got anything uh, to go for right now? I know you're itching as far as because you watched the whole episode. You rewatched it today. What are your some thoughts and questions you got for Bigfoot? So how long? I mean, this was obviously a um, a a risky situation. How long did you did you, you know, consider it? Uh, what kind of questions went through your mind? as you weighed the pros and cons of doing it? It's a good question. I, it was, um, it's an interesting question for me. It was, I, if, if person as a personal, my own person, we all have our own codes that we go by different guys, different types of guys have different codes, right? My code is if you, if you invite me to battle, I will always accept. And as far as I was concerned, when they came after us this with this ugliness and this nastiness and then furthered it by their using their their tool which is the mainstream press to call us all these names i saw it as having been issued a challenge to battle and fuck you i accept so and mm-hmm. so that's that's where i was at with it so when those guys when those guys instagram instagram sorry Instagram deleted my old account, but I, as soon as those guys were out and all found innocent of all these charges, cause they were innocent. And as soon as all of the rest of the guys were let out, man, I let loose a torrent of nastiness on, on, on my social media page full of as many fuck yous as I could get out. And it, because it, it was, somebody had to say, fuck you back. So it, I knew that at some point, and I had thought about it, for a long time coming while the trial was still going shit even before the trial came i knew that i was going to do something like this in the back of my mind there was this idea just burning that okay somebody's got to do something somebody somebody has to hold up their shield and defend yeah what, what's going on here uh it's gone on for far too long and and at regardless of the risk i it felt like the risk was worth the reward to say Hey, look, enough is enough. These these fucking guys and this fucking press is telling you lies and, and you need to know that. You know what I mean? And in the end, it's going to be whoever's watching and listening to this. It's their it's their it's their prerogative to decide whether or not I'm full of shit or whether or not somebody else is. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of times after people talk to me, I think they find that I'm a pretty sincere guy and I, and, I sh- and I shoot from my heart and I mean what I say. And so do my brothers. And um, so that's where it was at for me. Uh, I had been thinking about it for a very long time. And lo and behold, this opportunity sort of fell in my lap in there reaching out to another brother. How do you, do you uh, feel in this time of uh, the day and age we're in where a story can break and be around the world within a couple minutes certainly. that clubs need a public relations officer or something to get their side of the story out? nowadays i would say that i that treads on the on the cusp of me saying to other clubs you ought to do this so i want to be real careful about that right do that but i certainly have found that the response to my appearance 
and, and and what I feel like is going on here right now is a positive one. Mm -hmm. And and I and I like the chat that we're having, and, and I I realize that I'm probably not everybody's cup cup of tea. And when I, I'm a high strung emotional guy, and when I get fired up, I, I curse a lot. I mean, I I will try to offend Satan himself. I told Black Dragon that a little bit earlier. Uh, but but that's that's not the point. It's just you know. Well, that's who we are as bikers. That's well, what what they we used to be about. None of this PC stuff. But I think that so far so good in terms of mine and my club's experience with it. I am I am proud of what I've said so far. I continue to be proud of it. Um, and and I think that it, I think it's done a lot more good than any harm I can think of. So I would say that that is my answer to that question in the interest of being careful not to speak for anybody else. Right. How did it make you feel? Hold on, Hollywood. Let me, let me, let me get this in. So you got about three minutes of the show and you had some ideas of some stuff you wanted to get out. Were you able to get that out and she just cut it and left it on the cutting room floor? Did you? Yeah, no, like I said, what, everything I went over in the, in terms of the stuff that wasn't broadcast. And that was the second part of what I went into before we got into going back and forth here, that's all on everything I just told you is 100% true with maybe some of the details, considering that the fucking interview was done in, in a year and a half ago, but the, all of it is true. It was, and it was done on camera with professional cameras, professional mics, good stuff. And, and it was all omitted in, in, in preference to a law enforcement dictated narrative. How did that make you feel taking them in as guests and giving them such ass, you know, access that they did you this way? Not the least bit surprised. That's mm -hmm. how it made me feel. I, 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 I expected it. I honestly did, which is why I was being so cautious. And, and so I stayed so on edge. I, I mean, I wasn't relaxed until, you know, cameras got put away, mics got put away, and it was time to drink beer. Uh, then right. I could relax. It was it was a very edgy, much much different than my experience here. And again, I thank you guys. A much much different than my experience here. I feel very comfortable talking to both of you guys, and uh, uh, because there was always going to be a gotcha moment, and there were several attempts at it, and I and 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 I I chewed it up and spit it out. Lucky for me, I got lucky. I, I, and again with a a extreme and i know that sounded a little self-aggrandizing i don't mean to sound cocky but i i was proud of myself i was i was proud of what i had to say and what i got across and the fact that so much of what i did say was omitted was in my mind a testament to me having said the right things we can't use any of that because he just fucked a lot of people in the ass right and i was proud to, and i'm proud to do that and i'm proud to do it right now so, well, you know what? There's a fellow creator of mine I really look up to, and he actually helped me, you know, mold the new biker news that we're doing, covering the whole scene, just not the, you know, the bad stuff. And I think it came, you know, it came out from him where there's just so much more to it than what, again, we cover. And that Nat Geo thing really put a fire under my ass where I said, you know what, I got to give a platform to these clubs so they can come out and talk because they're not going to get this in the media. 
Right. It's kind of a pushback where right now I'm looking at our numbers and holy shit. Uh, but <laughs> it needs well, to be done. Right. right. And I got to thank him uh, for that. I can't mention his name. He's going through some stuff right now. Uh, but I really do have to, you know, thank him for how he changed the direction of Insane Throttle. But go ahead, Black Dragon. I don't, you know, let's, we're chatting, man. You know, that's a guy that's mentored both of us, if you're talking about the guy I think you are. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, my gosh, I just wish we could talk about how much he's given uh, both of us. Um, you guys know I got a curious mind. You're fucking killing me here. Now I, I, I want to know so badly who you're talking about. You're driving me. Well, <laughs> I can't tell you, uh, you know, uh, hopefully you don't get pissed off at me. He's in the chat room right now. Uh, he is a one percenter. Uh, his name is Shaggy. Oh, and right. uh, I'm not going to mention his club or anything. I don't want to get him in trouble. But uh, I'll hook you up with him after we get off air and stuff. I'm, sh you know what? He talks just like you, and he's really molded my news and woke me up because he's seen at the end of you know last year I was getting all down because all I was doing was covering negative, you know, stuff. Right. And you know he turned, and that's what a lot of one percenters do. You know, all my uh, you know guys I look up to are one percenters because they're my type of people where they can be straight up. I don't like this PC stuff. I don't like how this scene has turned into with the PC, but right. uh, yeah, that's him. Go ahead, Beatty. And, and for me, it's the father of the mighty black Sabbath motorcycle club nation. The man who started our nation, uh, he's 74 now and he's still with us. And, and, um, you know, he's been through every hell you can imagine. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Shaggy is. Um, yeah, we we'd been talking for years, and just uh, there's so many good guys in this thing that. Um, but you know, we get led around. Uh, we get influenced. Guys call us up and really give a you know give us a, uh, you know direction, and especially when we're dealing with you guys and your side. I mean, it's a, it, it's important to have good pushing out there and direction and and molding, yeah. so that. Uh, you know, it's important what Hollywood and I have been discussing for years, um, how to give uh, the clubs a decent angle. And it's tough because we can't really get a lot of you guys to talk to us and stuff. But right. the more of those folks that screw over you, uh, you know, we're not here to throw softballs or anything like that. But, you know, when I first met Hollywood, he had a show called The Biker Angle. And, uh, you know, what is our angle? Because our angle is important. It's certainly important to us and those of us that live this lifestyle. And when I saw her interview you and all the things that you had to say, and then she came back and said, well, to find out if what he was saying was true, I had to go to Sturgis. <laughs> I was like, Sturgis? That's funny. What the hell does she need to go to Sturgis for? <laughs> Which is a bunch of shit. But, I didn't. I didn't see it. I, but hey, Apple Sky hasn't been to Sturgis, but they've heard the name before, and they go, "Oh yeah, that's good. That's where I would go to." See, she went to Sturgis. That was a logical move. Well, that's the only thing, BD. We can't get into that. I don't want to bring up the other club in Sturgis. Uh, I'm not going to bring the other club yeah. up. What she did, however, was went to Sturgis to see an undercover police officer. And yeah. that's what really, you know, like and that cute. Uh, and that really kind of pissed me off. But then she made a connection after 
talking with the other club or whatever, she made this connection that really pissed me off. And I know it had to needle you because you called it a gotcha moment when she said, um, when she was talking about the, uh, the, I had it in my notes, the, um, uh, bad apple, uh, theory. Uh, yeah. Or she flashes back over to a quick, quick clip of, of she and I from afar. Well, you know, Big Fit's been selling me the bad apples routine. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is what but, I guess. But I want to talk about that for a minute. Please. Because it's absolutely effing true um, that as a, as a national president, there is no way in hell uh, that I have an idea of what everybody in my club is doing. I don't know what they do for a living. You know, I got guys all across the country from coast to coast, from sea to shining sea. And you guys have folks internationally. How the hell can you know what 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 Mr. Umpty Frat that's had a patch for 16 days is doing? And 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 uh, somebody as an international president, I was a national president, somebody that I've never met, or if I even if I even noticed them when I walked past their ass, they're, they're my brother and all that. I don't know these people. So uh, I don't know everybody in my club. I, there was a time I know everybody in my chapter. I know everybody in all the chapters around. I've gotten to the point now. Guys come up, hey, Black Dragon, Bo uh, he's in the club. Who is that? And um, then I've gotten old. I don't remember some people. So I I think it's um important to stress, and I I want to get your thoughts on it, that somebody doing something wrong in the club. Or a couple guys, or a few guys in a chapter, yeah. does not create a club that is these things they call us. Right. So, what do you think about that? What What would you say to that? Well, I don't know if that was a question or not, but no, no, no. no. That, that what would you say about that? I had a question mark at the end of it. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm concentrating right now. I'm pouring a beer. Um, okay, so uh, I would say this. It's like we said earlier at, at the beginning of, of our conversation is um, you, I, I liked how you said it. it's absolutely true. Absolutely effing true, I think is what you just said. And there, there are going to be people within any group who are, you know, maybe up to some shit. And as long as, as far as my brothers are concerned, as long as they are not, forcibly raping women or hurting children then their business is none of my business are trafficking in human beings or anything along those lines we won't tolerate a single tiny half of a microscopic drop of a drop of it amen you know, we don't believe in hurting women we don't believe in hurting children and that's and we and frankly we don't necessarily believe in hurting human beings in any way shape or form but most especially the weakest among us uh you are you are likely to have a monster issue with any one of my brothers if you are seen bullying weaker folks we won't tolerate it i won't tolerate it within the ranks of of our own program and all of our leaders won't tolerate it within the ranks of our own program and so if if a guy is, uh, you know, whatever, you know. Actually, the Vagos do a lot for the community as far as charity work and all that type of stuff. Am I right? Yeah, we uh, we actually are a 
we, we, we're a charitable organization. We are, uh, we are a on paper organization. Uh, I, I'm on a, I'm on the paperwork somewhere. I, again, I'm on a paperwork somewhere as a CEO. I'm actually a CEO. And yet I am fucking that up because I am like, I ain't got a pot to piss. In. <laughs> Where's your tie at, man? <laughs> you got to fly to DC in your own airplane. Ask yeah, me. right. I mean, I am freaking blowing it. But I mean, we have, we have donated per, per the requirements of our, our charitable organization. We've donated to a number of different organizations, including in, in here in California, one of the law enforcement, local or, or state law enforcement agencies is the CHP, which is the California Highway Patrol. They are in charge of all of the larger highways and byways, obviously pretty self-explanatory. We've, we've donated to their foundation. Um, we have the, the typical, lots of clubs do this. We're not special in that regard, but we do it as well. Um, we, we have multiple toy runs during the holiday season. Um, we are known that if we come into an area or haven't existed in an area, you could probably go and do individual interviews to those that would talk to you about us and say, all I know is when those boys are here, nobody fucks around. We feel safe. You know, and we get that from a lot of local communities. And, and you guys having had experience and living this life will know that, you know, bikers in general, with obvious exceptions, but the general rule would be that we are the salt of the earth. You know, we're regular good people, man. And we don't and, and we won't tolerate, you know, country. You know what I mean? And bitchery. It's it's fucking nonsense and we won't tolerate it. And and when we if, if we have a clubhouse in a community, that community after always what is an initial uh an initial like oh shit, there goes the neighborhood. And like outside of the noise of that V twins make, you know what I mean, which can happen at any given hour of the day or night, but outside of the noise that our bikes make they are happy to know because if anybody, if, if a drunk or a drug addict or, or, or ne'er-do-well of any sort should come into that area, they will be escorted away. And the community around that clubhouse will be made safe. And, Period. End of story. On and on it goes. You, I mean, you can find the test, uh, you know, the personal testimony of, Probably, I would I would guesstimate thousands of of people who who have had that experience when we move into. Uh, I've I've heard about it. I've heard about it again. Not speaking for other clubs, but I've heard about this happening. You know, the club world over. How about, how about if I say it that way? And right. so, certainly uh, true for our club. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so, um, you know, and, and that's not a put on. You know what I mean? Again, law enforcement will come to them and say, come to you when they have their opportunity to say, this is just a PR move on their part to cover up all of their, you know, uh, all their horse shit operations. And, uh, you know, they're just trying to win over the hearts and minds of, of people so that they'll turn a, a blind eye to their shenanigans and on and on it goes. And it's, my God, my God, public, get that forcibly rammed dong out of your mouth of theirs and listen and open your ears. They, they this is what they do over and over. They're ramming this down you all the time and, and you can't help, but you can't help, but 
sympathize with the average human being who says, well, that must be how it is because, I mean, this is what they've been saying about what they do. So, honestly, we can't trust them even though they're giving free toys to children who wouldn't otherwise have them. It's obviously they don't care about the children. They care about their own image. That's bullshit. And we got a question in from the chat room by Robin uh, Hoodlum. If a few guys run amok okay. and do stuff and catch a case, does it mean Rico for the whole club or no? I mean, I asked based on the fact, how do you answer for another's you didn't do? Uh, let's see how to answer that question. I, I think that I would have to, so I, it almost feels like I'm trying to answer for the crookedry of the alphabet soup of federal law enforcement on that because only federal law enforcement can bring down a Rico, a, a Rico set of charges, so to speak. Um, and so, but when it, when it comes to it, we, these are my brothers. And if they are, are accused um, because if they are accused and all they're doing is out there being my righteous Vago brother, I'm going to stand behind them regardless of, of how the charge comes down. I, that's, that is part of my job description and the seat that I sit in. Well, we got a special guest coming in, uh, Bigfoot. His name is Shaggy, the one I was talking about. Oh, no and, shit. Yeah, he's going to come in right now. And uh, welcome, everybody. Shaggy's in the house, a little bald up there, but there he is, man. Hey, we're not doing no bald jokes. You could be fat and, you know, uh, Italian or Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> he's always talking. I so uh, he dropped. He'll be back in. He's got the worst <laughs> internet connection, so yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> we always have to ask him, "What do you, what are you really thinking, Shaggy?" <laughs> right. But uh, no, that's Shaggy. I'll let him uh, tell you what club he's with and all that stuff. You'll know the club. There you go, Shaggy. You in? We call him this, Uncle Shaggy because he's so cantankerous. When Shaggy comes in. Uh, I've got. I broke the seal about an hour ago. Is it all right if I run to the restroom real quick and come back? Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. I'll be right back. <laughs> He'll be right back, Jaggy. We got Jaggy coming in. I had to use my phone on this. I had to use my phone on this thing because it's saying something along the lines of uh, some firewall. Oh, okay. Well, you got to go in that connection now. Yeah, we'll show you how to to get off of that. Um. So when he comes uh, back, I mean, you want to move to the next there, Hollywood? Yeah, we can do that. I wanted to give Shaggy a chance to, uh, to talk to him for a second. Uh, it's a great conversation. I love how open and honest he is. Uh, it's a great thing for the clubs, if you ask me, getting their side of the story out on this, since there's been so many out there giving opinions, and they didn't know what the hell was going on behind the scenes. That's what I, you know, especially how they chopped up an hour conversation with me into three freaking sentences. All that that pissed me off. Made me look like the biggest dick out there. Because I asked them to. <laughs> right. It's like, dude, we were talking about NCOM. <laughs> <laughs> oh it God. was like, damn, man. 
thanks for that, uh, Cito. Really appreciate that uh, super chat. If you guys want to throw a super chat up, uh, show support, that would be great. We're all on BD's channel, all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. And uh, Bigfoot broke that seal, man. I know how it works. <laughs> hey, man, what do you guys drink out there? Are you drinking Corona or what? Or is an old style? Well, you can't get old style. Ain't old-fashioned Bud Light. Poured into, poured into a fancy glass. So, you know, I mean, I gotta sometimes I gotta get my pinky up, bro. You know, what I'm gonna do? there you go, man. Uh, go ahead, Black Dragon. Uh, Shaggy bumped out uh, again with that so internet. We kind of want to move to the uh, next section of the show. Um, so before that, is there any final things you want to say? I mean, you've gotten a chance to get a lot off your chest, but we're gonna, what, what do you, you want? I'm happy to move on. I, I, you, I, again. I am I'm I'm utterly grateful for you guys giving me a platform to um, defend for 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 me to defend myself and my club in a way that I feel has been relatively positive and, and hopefully constructive. So I want to thank you again, and and that's it was just a matter of all of this. I you know again everything I said they have on they they have the content. Uh, it's it's hundred percent guaranteed. So uh, I, I, yeah, but I'm I'm I, I everything that I wanted to say about the show traffic is is has been said, more or less. Uh, you know, and a, a mighty fu. Uh, I'm sure you might want to get a last mighty fu in, but uh, we got hey, Shaggy. You had something? Yeah. Um, what I wanted to say, as long as this damn thing will stay connected, is uh, when you were talking about the club needing to start standing up and, and doing uh, the right thing and and what you you did coming on here by saying hey man you know I've had enough we took enough on the chin it's time for us to say something it's time for us to stand our ground I've been saying that for years now and man I, I don't drink and I rarely do and I got out of my chair and went and got a beer dude because it's about time we hear other one percenters talking like <laughs> I am talking like you are talking like other people are because this is nonsense you know one percenters have been taken a beating by the media been taken a beating by everybody else and it, it's it's ridiculous man and uh income's not doing anything NCOC's really only could do so much um and it's time for us to take the bull by the horn ourselves and say enough's enough. And it's good to hear, especially an international president, come to a platform like this and say, hey, you're not punching me in the chin anymore. I'm punching back. I've had enough. Um, you know, um, dude, I'm telling you what, man, this is part of a new movement that needs to happen with the, the 1% clubs. You know, the real traditional ones, the ones that believe in, in the, the old, old days, Nope. Uh, he's out again. <laughs> well, let me see. Dog. Sorry. Um, oh, that's a poor-ass dog. What kind is that? It's a French bulldog. Oh, rock. Mine out. He yeah. decided to take over the show. He's, a, he's, he's inbred. I mean, purebred. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, uh, I, I first I want to say real quick, if you guys don't mind, uh, those are very uplifting words, and I and I want to thank Shaggy for what he just said because they were very complimentary. And and uh, and 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 thank you is is the words that I'm looking for. I'm I'm grateful, and those, those kind of things, you know, they really do lift me up to to see, have a guy say, "Hey, you can tell he's a guy that didn't just get to this world; he's been around for a minute." So, uh, 
Shaggy, when you get back on here, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for your kind words. Did you want to tell them, Shaggy, uh, who you are and all that stuff? Um, I'm, I, uh, I, I think uh, Hollywood was supposed to pass my number to you. Uh, okay. Most of the listeners know that uh, I'm, I'm in the Midwest. I'm in St. Louis here. Uh, I am a proud uh, uh, invader. And, um, you know, I have my own show, Shaggy's Corner, and I started it because of uh, the bad media outlet. And I wanted our story to get out there from my own words and my own, you know, uh, years of experience in this life. And um, now I'm going to tell you what, dude, you're an inspiration. And uh, I, I watched that show. For That's very years. kind of you. That's, there he goes. We'll keep going with the question. His connection has never been this bad. Uh, he, he, whenever you want to really do something great on YouTube, that it 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 gets to clowning you. Well, we've been working on <laughs> we've been working on the show for a while. We've been getting our stuff set up for about a week now, uh, 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 just to get this to roll like this. Uh, uh, the uh, 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 the king of biker radio here has uh, been working hard. Uh, 24 hours a day, damn near, just to make this show run as smoothly as it has. So, Shaggy, come on back, man. Well, I, you know, I got three goddamn computers in here, and for some reason, the snow that we got today must be really screwing everything up, because I ain't never had this kind of trouble before. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we have. Not this bad. This is the worst. How does that make you feel, uh, Bigfoot? Another one percenter saying, "You know what? This really needs to be done. Get the side of the story out." Uh, again, like I just said, I don't know if you you caught it there, Shaggy, but I want to tell you that I'm grateful for your kind words. They are very uplifting, and uh, for you to say such a thing as you're an inspiration is uh, is, uh, is a hell of a compliment, and I, I'm I'm very appreciated, and it uh, makes me feel very good. Thank you very much. Well, it needs to be said. We as, as bikers, uh, clubbers, one percenters, we never – we're bad about patting each other on the back from time to time. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes you got to tell your brother, hey, man, I love you. You did a good job. Or you got to tell another a leader, hey, man, that was that was a good call, good job. And I'm a firm believer in that. I spent a lot of time in the military. And, um, you know, you praise in public and, and you chew ass in, in, in uh, private. And, you know uh, – there's been a lot missing from our movement, you know, the, the uh, motorcycle rights movement, and it's, it's at a stalemate. And we got to do this by ourselves, man. These lawyers ain't going to help us. These, these organizations ain't going to help us. They don't want to help us. They, they, they think just like the media does and the police do. You know, um, uh, you know I, I was sickened by that, the way they did that. I mean, I, they were saying all one percenters and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just hey, these guys are these guys are these guys and there's proof and it's public knowledge like you were talking about the Rico case earlier. Um, you know, it, it was all, all, all. Well, that means all my brothers are, are criminals and, and all my brothers are this or that. And all the guys that I know across this country over the last 21 years are, you know, that, that's nonsense, man. This shit's got to stop. And, you know, you saying what you're saying and you taking the stand you're taking. Man, I hope that lights the fire and a whole bunch of other, you know, national bosses and, and a whole bunch of other clubs say, you know what? It's time. It's really time because we're losing our culture. Yep. Yep. Well, again, I, I, I would say to you that I wholeheartedly agree with, with uh, everything you just said, other than to say, 
my path might not be the path for everybody, but for me, I, but, but it, it certainly thus far has been a, the vast, and I mean the, the vast majority of the feedback thus far has been very positive, even though they, they did a cunty thing and they, they cut up the fucking thing and, and turned it into they're bad guys. Let's go take a ride with, the ATF <laughs> heroes and they're going to deal with what's really going on. And they wouldn't move their, maybe they didn't take their helmets off their bikes because maybe they, they think that bikers are, are, are decent people who won't steal from each other. They don't take their helmets off their bikes because they're scary guys and nobody would ever touch the scary guys. Stuff. It wouldn't no. happen. <laughs> Actually, I think what pissed me off the worst was when she left Sturgis and she said, you know, I think the Vagos and the other club are just lying to us. Yeah. Let's go talk to somebody else. And then they pan in on an undercover agent. And yeah. from that point on, I thought it was pretty much actors and undercover. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, so, yeah. They, um, you know, it's funny that you're touching on that. If you guys don't mind, Black go Dragon and I were talking about this uh, before we came on air, how, again, my request here to the public at large isn't for you to fall in love with me or my club or any other, uh, or any other club for that matter. But something that is in terribly, terribly short supply in probably the whole world. But I can certainly say that in this country, in my experience, we are in very, very short supply of common sense. And what is one of the most important byproducts of common sense well, one of the most important byproducts of common sense is critical thinking. And, and we just don't have any of it. So a lot of the viewing public will see some dude in a mask who goes, actually, I am the Lord, your God. And I am, I'm God in a, in a, and I'm not, but I'm not wearing my colors because I can't tell you what club I'm from. I mean, good God, America, good God, world. You don't know if that dude, has been the star of 10 fucking commercials you've watched. You don't know anything about that, dude. You know what? You know that Mariana Von Zeller is telling you something. And so you know, how about you maybe here's, think critically? No, here's another good fun? point, Bigfoot. Yeah. We as one percenters, and Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot uh, Black Dragon could attest to this. Hollywood could attest to this from his former days. I don't care how much clothing that dude has on. I don't care how much blacked out they black out him. We, if he's a member of our organization, if we know our brothers like we say we do, you ain't hiding who you are by a blurred out screen. You're and the only thing right. I could think of was that dude ain't a one percenter. He ain't a biker. He ain't in the club he's trying to claim to be in because his brothers are going to know who the fuck he is. And when he said, well, I just don't give a fuck what they think. Um, I, I'm a pretty all right, you know, guy defending myself. I'm pretty well military trained, but I ain't bad enough to whip my club, and I would never say fuck them. I'll do what I want. <laughs> Listen, this is what I said. Remember, remember, Bigfoot, we talked about this earlier. And I said, I thought it was a fake. <laughs> I yeah. thought that end thing was a complete actor. Um, the way he handed her his weapon, he pulls <laughs> the magazine out, and hands her the weapon. And the first thought in my mind was, he didn't clear the chamber. He didn't clear the chamber. So <laughs> either he's the biggest wuss uh, <laughs> waiting for a battle to start, then I'll 
<laughs> shape. Come on, man, stop it. Ask Alec yeah. Baldwin how that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give uh, Shaggy a couple more uh, questions before we go into the other part. Uh, go ahead, Shaggy, hit him. Man, thank you. Um, you have my number now, hopefully. Uh, get in touch with me. I'd I'm like to talk to you some more. Um, dude, thank you. Fucking thank you, man. It is my pleasure. Thank you again for your kind words. I right hope on, you guys have a good night. I hope you uh, come on the Shag show uh, as well in a couple months. But uh, that Shaggy right there talks just like you. That's why uh, yeah. I really, you know, I I'm, not, with me, I'm not used to all the PC stuff from, you know, how the 90s were in the early 2000s. Uh, so, but go ahead, Black Dragon. You got uh, some stuff. You got a lot of questions for him. Yeah, let's talk about some biker stuff now. Let's okay. chat. Yeah, so uh, what what brought you, when, when did you first start riding motorcycles, and what brought you to the motorcycle, uh, uh, let's just talk about motorcycles, what brought you to motorcycling? When, when I, here it comes, right, the, the autobiographical narrator <laughs> over the beginning of the movie, when I was a very young lad, no, when I was a little boy, we used to do a lot of off-roading, and I think that gave me the bug, Uh Three-wheelers, two-wheelers, four-wheelers, dune buggies, you name it. Um, I mean, they've they've kind of douched up the term dune buggy by calling the pre-made ones now side-by-sides. You know, how can we douche up the term dune buggy? We'll call it a side-by-side. -side. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's fucking dune buggy, you guys. It's <laughs> I, I had to I had to do that real quick. Anyhow, I had the bug then. And uh, it never really left. And when... When, but before the early 2000s, um, I had been, you know, I'd been on a search that I wasn't aware of, you know, not to sound too, you know, spacey and or anything like that. But I, I, I didn't know I was searching for something and I was. Uh, and then I went in the late 90s. I went to my first Laughlin when it was still it was still quite a you know, it was a scooter tramp. Like it was still kind of a rowdy deal. You know what I mean? And there was, and there was one percenters and tension and not tension and rowdiness and, you know, titties flashing and wild whiskey drinking, cool wheelies down the strip, rowdy, cool, good biker shit. And I got there on an invite from a friend and, uh, and I was like, fuck me. I am home. This is where I belong. And about, about four years later, I bought my first Harley Davidson, the 1976 Chevrolet. And so then I, but I've always been a rowdy, a, a rowdy shit disturbing motherfucker, you know? And so it wasn't long before I learned because I wanted to know everything about where I was and what I was doing. It wasn't long before I learned that here in, in, in the biker world, you know, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of versions of the biker world, but, but the NFL is the one percenter world. And I fucking want to go to the NFL, man. I, I wanted to, and, and also in my opinion, without any offense meant to anybody else, uh, you know, God bless you. If you, no matter what you ride, if you're out there on two wheels, you, you take the same risks on the road that I do. And I have discovered that after going through my hard line of being, if it ain't a Harley, it ain't shit. I've discovered that I'm actually a fan of, of almost all types of motorcycles. Like, there's a lot of really badass shit out there. It's just 
my preference is American Big Twins. But anyhow, it wasn't long before I discovered that in the part, the, the sect of the biker world within, I found that I found myself within that the programs that dictate the overall program were the one percenters. And, and it wasn't long before I found myself, uh, fast forward, uh, invited to my first church. I, not true. I had been invited by other clubs and I thought, thought maybe it wasn't a fit, but I think I knew deep down somewhere that I was going to end up somewhere. And that is not a, that is not a shit on anybody that would, that, that was interested in, but I, I was a shit disturber. I was rowdy and, and, you know, somewhat fearless and, and, asking questions and what the fuck is going on and out there, you know, doing burnouts and, and, and kicking ass and doing wild, kicking up dust, you know? And, uh, so some nearly damn, nearly damn 20 years ago, I ended up at my first uh, green church and the rest is a, a muddled history. Most of which I can remember. <laughs> we will be taking questions from the audience if you want to get them in. Get them in for uh, Bigfoot, the international. So He's uh, nice, nice okay. enough to get a, a give us this time. Go ahead, Black Dragon. So that first bike of yours, did it have a kickstart or did it have? A yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was a rarity. It was. Uh, it had an electric push start, and it also kicked. And I learned through my first massive shin bruise that. Kicking over a Harley Davidson twin is, uh, is 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 a skill that needs to be refined, lest you find yourself with a fucking broken leg. <laughs> Our first question we from the audience, yesterday, uh, with the father, we were just talking about that '76. So, the question is, what was one or two questions that you answered that you thought would make it to air that ended up getting cut out? Ah. That from Paw Patrol. Those are those are that's good questions. One or two that I answered. That uh, question for what is one or two questions that you answered that you thought would make it to air that didn't make it. I thought that the question about the property patch would probably make it. Although I, you know, but then again, it was her an attempt at a got at a gotcha moment, and I, you know, you know, Heisman Trophy, Heisman Trophy, high stepped over it. You know, Gail Sayers. You know. Bears fan. We talked about that. Uh, Hollywood fellow Bears fan on the West Coast. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, and I would say that my it wasn't so much a question as it was a statement that I made that I, I issued such a direct challenge. And I'm looking into my webcam here. I I pointed into the camera and said, "Bring it." And I thought maybe just because it might make for good TV, that that, that, would, that that would probably make it, and it didn't. And I was a bit surprised that it didn't. Uh, we got a lot of questions coming in. Uh, do you know Samurai? It's a French Foggles member from the Toulon chapter with uh, Michelle. I don't, don't want to. That's, that's, that gets a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it's enough. The, Bigfoot, uh, uh, this is from SSW Custom Sewing. Bigfoot, do you paint, draw, fabricate, and build? No, I don't have an artistic fucking bone in my body. Uh, I can't draw stick figures. So uh, I, I would, I would, it would be a skill that I would love to have. Um, I would say that if there is any art form that I have some decency at, it's the written word, but that depends on your uh, take on what art is and what it isn't. 
as international president, what leadership materials or books or whatever have helped you along the way? Ah, interesting question. Uh, I, I was, I had a, I had a terrible wreck in, in 2009. I wasn't the IP yet. Um, and I had found that uh, it was a two years plus recovery process, 23 surgeries. You know, we've, we've all got the story. There's, we've, everybody's got their big wreck. Every biker goes through it. Uh, and if it doesn't kill you, thank God. Uh, and mine almost did, but it didn't kill me. And I kept all of my, uh, all of my um, appendages. So uh, during that time, I read every fucking book in the house that I, that I had been wanting to read. And uh, I would say that a lot of what stuck out to me um, was um, nonfiction. I don't want to say self-help, but things like um, things like or snippets off of the Internet from I've never read it end to end, but like from the art of Sun Tzu's Art of War. Art of War. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I find that interestingly enough. You know, mom, who I mentioned earlier, and so I can say something without having such horrible words in my mouth. Uh, she had taught me a long time ago that you can, wisdom can be found just about anywhere if you pay attention. And I have found wisdom uh, from winos outside of liquor stores. And I have found wisdom in people that eventually became enemies, yet their wisdom stood. And so, I, you know, it doesn't necessarily, I can't really put a finger on it. I would say that the, that the most wisdom, because I, I'm trying to receive, I, I do like information. I am a, a gobbler up of, of uh, be careful where you fill in that. I'm a gobbler up of trivia and, and <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Tread lightly. <laughs> Um, so experience, uh, question asker, the, the, the single most important teacher in life is life itself. Uh, you got to get out there and live it hard and fast. Hopefully you survive. And when you survive, you learn a whole lot. And that's what I, and, and, and to others, your elders and, and, and you got to have a decent bullshit, uh, filter. Right. There are those that would claim to be wise who turn out to be full of shit. And I, that took some time to develop. It, uh, it doesn't come overnight, but um, I would Michelle say. Michelle has a question for you. Oh, go ahead, Bigfoot. But, but the art of war sticks out in my mind. And, but, but here, I, I'm curious. I want to make sure, just in case he's getting at this, the biker books that are written by self-aggrandizing law enforcement and snitches. Dear God, people, stop buying those books. Goddamn right. Jesus Christ, don't you understand that you are supporting the problem? You know, and, and they all tell the same story, by the way. I once was a bad guy, and in my effort to undo some of my wrongs, I decided to become a good guy and start telling on people. The fact that I don't have to go to prison for any of my crimes has nothing to do with it. Like, what the fuck? I think critically, of course, says me, Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> everybody that I once called brother but it's because I want to do the right thing no it's because I'm saving my fucking skin so please exactly. stop writing those books everybody go ahead I love it uh Michelle uh Simcock uh 
you guys don't fill in the blanks there either. Uh, I know you touched on it. <laughs> I think uh, what was frustrating for me watching the show, they showed none of the good uh, clubs did. I rode for 30 years being around uh, clubs for about as long. My ex was a motorcycle mechanic. I've seen clubs step up for cause when no one else would. Uh, as far as charity vets, the first ones to step up was a local club, and they came through big time. After the event, they offered to help out with any future events. Did Nat Geo even ask about any positives? No. Absolutely not. Um, the, the, the process of the question asking was what I expected it to be very much. There were a few softballs in the beginning, and then all of the gotchas came. You know what I mean? What about murder? What about property of? What about passing your women around? What about... Mm. Um, Almost uh, insulting, huh? Almost all, all of that typical shit, you know what I mean? But I knew it was coming, you know what I mean? They, they, they're mainstream media, man. It was, of course that was coming. So, right. uh, But in terms of well, a question being... Um, composed such as this so you guys do these charitable events but law enforcement says that they're just a big cover-up and pr move what do you say to that no not a fucking chance not even nothing ever even came close to it sad so uh let me let me ask you another biker question please um um so you know every motorcycle club guy is a biker not every biker is a motorcycle club guy so the well, clubber life is something that it's just not for everybody. But as no. a biker, let me, uh, uh, I imagine you do cross country trips from time to time. Absolutely. Um, as a biker, what has, was the absolute worst effing trip you ever made and why? Oh, that's an easy one. Um, I am in Southern California, uh, just outside of L.A. County, but at the time I lived in L.A. County, and I am in San Bernardino County now. We had a run in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, and it was August, I believe. Now, the path to go from where I am to where our party was, we left on a Friday, but most of us had to be back on that Sunday to get to work on Monday. Uh, it's a 12 hour ride. Now, if you're smart, not this guy, if you're smart, you party hard Friday and, and Saturday you party a little bit and you get some sleep because you, yeah. So needless to say, I didn't do any of that. I've lived I, this one. <laughs> I got there. I put my foot and wrist. I put my wrist in the throttle. I put my foot in the throttle and I went hard. And then suddenly I found myself saying, oh, my fucking God, it's time to leave. And it's already late. It's already late in the morning. And I have to drive. You have to ride through the pit of hell. They call it the Valley of Fire or the Valley of Death. And it's just north of Las Vegas, Nevada. And terribly dehydrated and hungover. I was finding myself in 115 degree heat. Oh. Uh, with with these thermal pockets that go up to like a buck twenty five, a buck thirty, and <laughs> I did not care if I crashed and died or made it home. It was whichever came first. But 
story to tell. And that was probably the most ferocious attack that nature ever gave me. And I've been through some cold and some rain and some heat. and But that one was it. It was uh, at every stop. I was drinking so much water because my body was registering thirst. But I could only fit so much into this pocket of a belly. And so I was registering full as well as more thirst at the same time. So I was trying to pound and you got to get back on the road after you gas up. It was, uh, it was amazing, but it was horrible too. So basically you're saying you wish you were cold instead of hot, huh? That's the way I always am. At that time. But of course, when you're freezing on your bike, you wish you were hot instead of cold. So you know what I mean? Yeah, you can't damn win. Uh, XXMC Bill has a question. Is it possible to live a 1% life without wearing a 1% diamond? And we always get this kind of a question too, because, um, uh, a lot of guys leave their clubs or whatever the case may be. So, you know, that also couples with a question, uh, uh can you be a one percenter and not be in a club? So we throw I both of those. At you. I think that's an interesting question because when I look back on the biker that I was before, the club and the biker that I am now, I am the same person with more experience, uh, more knowledge and, and, a, and a better and a, and a little bit uh, more self-control. <laughs> but I was a fucking maniac before I became a Vago. I'm still a fucking maniac. I'm just a little bit older with a little bit less energy. Uh, but I, I, you know, so I think that the reason I'm saying that to answer this question is, uh, yeah, in a way, yeah, um, you you have a one, you can have a one, be a one percenter in your heart without being in a club for sure, absolutely. Uh, we have this saying about the man makes the patch, the patch don't make the man. So, and I know that the two of you have heard that many times over. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's and it, it, there's a reason that it's out there and there's a reason that it has stayed out there it's it's a truth it's a truth um that being said <laughs> you don't want to be a guy that's a one percenter in your heart and walk up to a group of me and my brothers and go i'm a i'm a one percenter motherfucker and you know, like, die, die, die easy <laughs> <laughs> you said it. You said it exactly um i i want to I want to go back to this that you just said, uh, because for me, I got to say, uh, you know, man makes the patch, the patch doesn't make the man. I got to tell you, for me, when I put on that damn patch, the day they, they, they gave it to me and said, okay, you know, you got 24 hours to get this thing sewn on your back. And I was riding down the street. I felt I was made into something that I, perhaps wasn't before I, I got to, and I was, as I was riding with my patch and I was sitting up as tall as I could, it dawned on me that most people driving down the road don't even know what the hell that thing is and don't even care. It, it, it doesn't look like anything more than a t-shirt that you have on backwards or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I want to let you finish. Cause what you're, I, you're causing me to look up. So I just looked up something the other day in my phone. Um, I'm sure you two gentlemen both know who Donald Charles Davis is. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the aging rebel. The, uh, the aging rebel. rebel. May he rest in peace, aging mm -hmm. rebel. Um, mm -hmm. I have quoted this man many, many times over. 
and I just happened to read it the other day. And if you'll bear with me for a moment, I'll put it up for you and I will read. I have never, ever heard it put so eloquently, eloquently, so concisely and so beautifully before in my life. And I, I read these words to people. I have been reading them since they, uh, since I knew they existed to people at least a few times a year, every year. And I did so just over the New Year's holiday. And, and if you give me, if you bear with me for one second, I'll find them for you and I'll read them back to you just now. Mm -hmm. Uh Let me see here. This is going to be. Thanks, Dallas. I appreciate it. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the show. We got a really good guest and you're finally getting the club side of the story. And we even have to give Black Dragon kudos, man. He hasn't coughed us off the show yet. <laughs> but I've been sucking on these things hard, man. Uh, uh, you might want to rephrase that. <laughs> we're, still, we're still doing it. Uh, John, I'll, I'll ask him, but I don't believe in bringing up that kind of stuff. Uh, John, uh, ask why you're looking that up, uh, Bigfoot, if you believe in Jesus. Oh. I don't yeah. mind. Uh, I, I absolutely believe in a higher power in a in God. Yes, one thousand percent. Whether that whether that means Jesus or God or what have you. I'm born and raised Catholic. How's that? I was an altar boy. I went to an all boys Catholic high school. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I know did how. You, to, did you get beaten up by the nuns? <laughs> yes. No, Sister no. Mary Ann Teresa used to beat fast, but I still. I can do spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch as well as any of them. <laughs> okay, I will. I, how about this? Um, Christ, I don't have it. I thought I had screenshotted it, but let me check one more thing. Bear with me. I, I apologize. Nope, 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 nope. Loser. Sorry. That's more of a club type of too much uh, in-depth. Chris, uh, you know, oh, I have it. Okay. Go ahead. It says, and I, and I quote, men join motorcycle clubs out of longing and love. Motorcycle clubs are brotherhoods of men who have left themselves no choice but to stand apart from the world at large. The joy of joining a motorcycle club is the joy of crossing a wasteland to find one's own tribe. Nine years after Daimler invented motorcycle wing, Stephen Crane wrote a black headline that describes this joy. The quote says this, I stood upon a high place and saw below many devils running, leaping, and carousing in sin. One looked up, grinning, and said, Comrade, brother. He goes on to say, Men are saved by motorcycle clubs as they are saved by religion. Anyone who has ever ridden with a club immediately grasps the comparison. For some men, a club patch is the first thing they have ever won in their lives, and the experience of putting that symbol on their backs is transformative. Those who were weak become strong. Those who were lost belong. The meek become bold. The reckless, responsible. The older the prospective recruit, the greater the accomplishment. Lastly, it says this. Outsiders, people who, who adore sons of, uh, sons of anarchy, for example, Possibly you, but certainly people you know are attracted to motorcycle outlaws because they are the you that you bind in chains. They are the chaos to which civilization must never be allowed to descend. They are the show. 
They are the you that you wish you were when you are humiliated or overwhelmed or bullied or condescended to or made to admit that you are small. Now, that is about as pretty as wow. it gets as far as I'm concerned. That is huge. That, uh, that's how I felt. You, and I still it. feel about it that he, way to this day. He nailed it. So when people say to me, I make the patch, the patch doesn't make me, I agree to an extent. But I was absolutely transformed. I was absolutely felt like I belonged to something that was higher and greater than myself. And uh, I was absolutely honored that I would be allowed to participate with that patch on my back. Now, I had to deserve it. I earned right. it, Earn it, but now I had to deserve it. I Agreed. had to continue to deserve what my brothers had given me which was an opportunity uh, to be counted as among them. Yeah. Um, uh, I, uh, mm -hmm. I'll put it to you this way and how much I concur. Uh, and in a moment where I'm going to make everybody throw up because I'm a newlywed and there's a lot of romance going on over here still. But we were, I was talking about the great days of my life. And obviously uh, those are days that our children are born, the days that you marry the love of your life. And of course, I couldn't even have that conversation without mentioning the day that I got my patch or the day that I began tattooing it on my back, uh, you know, which is which is an earned process for us that I won't go with the detail on, but very proud. Absolutely. And yes, transformed and a sense of belonging, a belonging to something that is bigger than self. And that is what I had been searching for all along turns out and that's why i say things like this what i'm doing here ain't the bigfoot show i am here in service to the men who hired me to do a job and this is my part of my style of doing that job is to say fuck no more taking it on the chin without firing back you know so yeah there you go enough with cool. me trying, trying to be deep you know <laughs> Troy asks, Troy asks uh, Bigfoot, what bike does Bigfoot ride now? I drive, I drive. Wow. I wasn't ready for that. I, I, I ride a <laughs> FXDF. Oh, right. You're not a bagger? You don't have a bagger? No, not right now. I mean, in a perfect world, I've always dreamt of having three bikes. Chopper, bagger, Dyna. Right now, this, I, I've, I've begun that collection with the same Dyna I've been riding for 10 years since returning from injury. So uh, I was going to say, Road Glide or Street Glide, uh, which one do you like better? I like to, I, I, you know, it's funny, but my, my position has switched. For a long time, it was the Street Glide because the fairing turns. But oh, now I, I've seen some of those. I really am digging the, like, Dine It Out Road Glides. They have a lot of that extra stuff, the meat taken off of them and the, and the high rear shocks. Like that's my next dream bike with the, with the high, you know, not too high bars, but bars. And, and I see these guys, they've got the comfort more or less of a bagger, but they can still roost a fat wheelie down the street, which is fucking bitching. You know, I love that. Uh, Alex, he wanted to tell you, love the channel guys. Love from uh, Sydney, uh, Bigfoot. A Sydney fan in here, Australia. Uh, question uh, from Benny Devil off of BD's channel. Uh, Bigfoot, what has been the best thing you've experienced as a member of an MC? Man, that's a, that's kind of... There are so many, many great moments. Um, I would say 
it, it is an ongoing experience, but I would say that the answer to that question for me personally is that um, the, the continued effort to always, we have to run guys down the road sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, like Black Dragon was saying here a minute ago, this life requires big balls and is effort dependent. It doesn't just happen on its own. It is a hungry motherfucker that is always that wants your attention all the time and finding a balance to your, your life and your life within the club and making those coalesce smoothly is, is a, is a talent. It's a, it's a skill that you learn because it's, it's not always easy to do this. And again, the NFL is, is a, is a, for in my experience, it's just, this is a no excuses life, tough shit. We, we, we don't make excuses for why you couldn't be where you were supposed to be. We don't make excuses for why you couldn't do what you were supposed to do. This is, this is the NFL. You can do that on the sidelines. You can do that somewhere else. So, But with that being said, the return for said effort is this. The, the running down the road of a guy, which means the ousting out of the club, is always the last resort. It, the best experience is how the by and large my brothers are always trying to lift one another up supporting one another encouraging one another hoping for one another's success and and general happiness in life and and yet if you stumble and fall the constant effort to pick a motherfucker up that is the sweetest part of it is is that we are we love one another and truly it is an aggressive gutturally voiced love, but it is, it, we do love one another. We love each other's families and we, we lift one another up on, on the regular. We want, we want, we all want all of our other brothers to have unbelievably fulfilling and happy lives. And, and, and you know, sometimes like any group of people, like people in general, you know, our own personal failings or whatever get in the way of that. And when that happens, the first gut instinct by and large is for guys to come together around a brother that's having a tough time and pick his fucking ass up and get him on his feet at all costs. You know what I mean? And that, that would be my, my, the greatest experience of it for me as far as that. I've been lifted up. Right. You know what I mean? I've been hurting or in a shit place or in trouble and had a guy come along and say, hey, I've got a fucking benefit run coming along. And I know you're fucking you, you're dead in the water. You ain't got no money coming in. So I'm splitting my benefit with run with you 50 50 when a guy didn't hardly fucking know me. And I was a new guy yeah. and he fucking saved my ass, you know. And, and so that kind of shit happens all the time. But it's not the kind of stuff that anybody is. God forbid they should ever hear about it. That is my best experience. So and your worst experience, what's your worst experience? Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, but I, I will speak in general terms. Betrayal. Yeah. Oh, Betrayal. Yeah. Now, was that as an international? Because, you know, for me, international... as a brother, as a brother. Okay. When a guy turns out, when a guy, um, uh, when a guy break, when a guy commits, okay, to, 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 um, bring this from my, my, my Catholic school days. Uh, there are two types of th- sins in the Catholic church, you know, 
venial sins. Yeah. Venial, yep. venial sins and mortal sins. Okay. Mortal sins is is you know really heavy stuff, and, mm-hmm. and venial sins is saying the word shit inside the church, right? So, um, it's whenever when a, when our brothers commit mortal sins, they are acts of betrayal, and it stings almost every time. Uh, it doesn't surprise you as often as it does in the beginning, but I would say when, when you are betrayed or when, when a, when a very close brother dies suddenly, those two are, they they are equally painful. Yes, Mm, exactly, man. Wow. That was, uh, one from me, uh, Bigfoot. What do you think about the bikey laws happening out Australia? And do you think that law enforcement here is trying to take a page out of their book? I think first, uh, the two, the, it's a two-part question. I think that the, the bikey laws in Australia are tantamount to modern-day Gestapo Nazi tactics. I think it's disgusting, and I, I feel for the people out there who are trying to live their lives the way they want. Um, and it's a, it's a goddamn shame. And it's a goddamn shame that, again, with the narrative that gets pumped to probably what I can only imagine, I can't speak for Australians or whatever, but but I have read up on this, that the public at large is okay with it. You, you, if you are, in my opinion, if you are a good, if you are a patriot of, of your country and your country has a system of laws that include freedoms, like uh, as, 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 as it's my understanding that Australia has, uh, but, but you allow your hatred for a group of people to say, well, I believe in freedoms, except when it comes to those guys, then, then shame on you. Uh, and, and shame on, on a lot of the people who have kept their mouths shut, who, who think that's okay. Even if you hate bikies, you know, mm-hmm. I think, it's, I think it's, it's, it's shameful. And, and the same for here. We are the constitution of the United States of America, uh, which, by the way, every law enforcement agent swears to uphold when he swears in and gets his badge. By the way, you ought to know. Um, but how people can say to themselves, I believe in our country, I believe in our con- constitution and our Bill of Rights. Yeah, but if you, if you burn them, if you, if you tread all over them because it's those bikers over there, yes, I'm, I'm good with it. That is, that is as unpatriotic as it gets as far as I'm concerned. I don't know if unpatriotic is a word, but that's, that's, yeah. So I, I think it's, I think it's horseshit. I think it's ugliness and, uh, and I, I, I wish them well in their fight against it. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we have a question. Is it tough being a member, becoming a president, then graduating to the national level? Uh, uh, my personal experience was, was it's, it's almost like it happened without my involvement. You know what I mean? It was like, hey, we need a guy. You do, you be the guy. All right. And then, hey, we we need a guy to do this. You want to be the guy? And I was like, well, can anybody else do it? No, you should do it. All right. Hey, well, you know, and, and all of a sudden, and it kind of went, you know, because I was, but I mean, because I was a, a loud mouth, shit disturbing, noise making guy, even within my own program. It's just who I am. But I'm not a, I, I'm not, you know, I'm pretty fucking dumb, but I'm not stupid. So, you know, so, so, I, I, so I, had, I had the ability to, you know, I had some, I, some semi-decent ideas and, and the balls to 
push them forward in, in the face of opposition at, from time to time. So I, you know, I found myself with an opportunity and, and I found myself with an opportunity to come to the international level several years ago. I've occupied several positions. I started as the international secretary, became the international vice president, and now I'm the international president. Uh, but I was very nervous and apprehensive about taking up a position in the international cabinet. And I had a conversation with a brother. He knows who he is. And I was really nervous about what I should do. And he looked at me and he said, well, look, here's, here's what you have to think. If all of these guys that were in that room that asked you to do the job and have given you time to think about it, if they thought you're right for you're probably right for it. And, and, and there's only so many opportunities you're going to get when you, the brotherhood that you claim to adore is going to come along and ask you to serve it. So you're, you have to ask yourself, are you ready to serve this brotherhood or not? And now my decision was made when he was done talking. Rock right. on. So we got about uh, 10 more minutes left guys. So get those questions and uh, hold on a sec. Uh, I'm going to throw one up from Danny D low. Uh, question Bigfoot. Oh, <laughs> now I seen the rest of the question. Uh, would you be willing to do a real document, uh, doco for your nation with Hollywood if Hollywood wanted to do something like that? <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I think, uh, a documentary I, that was supposed to be done. Into right. that type of stuff would uh, I, I'd be risking overexposure. And right about now, there are probably a few brothers in the club that are about ready to throw up and be beside themselves so uh, <laughs> as as they as a lot of these questions have become about my personal opinion as opposed to i mean listen i'm i'm, I'm having fun so i'm happy to do it but i got i want to be careful not to, to right to become the bigfoot ego show you know <laughs> go ahead so, uh uh as a national uh i found that whenever someone brought a story to me about an issue or a problem uh, I, you know, I always had this thing that you will never get a full story. Everybody that brings a story to you wants you to decide in their favor. Oh. Even people that you, that you love and admire that were your friends in the club. Uh, being a national cost me every friend ah. I had in the club. I, the lovely I, Kingsman. <laughs> and I, so I, I would ask you, uh, so I used to say, I don't believe anything that someone brings to me. I have to research it thoroughly uh, because even my closest folks want me to, to make a decision their way. So oh, I yeah. can't get uh, a full story. So how do you, you know, it, this, this so I'm, I'm asking this for presidents and national presidents and people that are in your position are looking at, how would you tell them to, uh, cause you're not going to, you're going to be friendless. Um, and uh, the club is not your club; it's their club. So, how do you handle stories and 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 uh, things like that? How do you do your research to to come up with what you this feel is, is a, right? This this is a great question, by the way. Perfectly formatted. Well done, Black Dragon. Uh, I'm I'm happy to answer uh, because I don't have to do anything specific. Uh, first and foremost is if you are if you are incapable of being impartial. And, and, and acting with fairness, firmness, and constant consistency, then never be a leader. If you feel like you wouldn't be able to decide what's righteous, even if it was against one of your closest confidants, then don't, don't, don't climb the chain. Or don't, you know, when, when somebody recommends you or suggests you for that, stop right there because it is hard. It's hard to be fair, firm, and consistent. 
Um, and two, you get both sides in the room and then you ask questions. You don't tell anybody what happened. You tell them, this is what you've heard. So tell me each side and you listen. And when you get both sides into the same room, as opposed to getting a phone call uh, and, you know, and I think I'm getting probably a little deep into the process, but this is pretty basic stuff. Uh, you, you get both, you get both sides into the room, all the shit, all of a sudden, all the bullshit evaporates and it, and it, and it evaporates with a quickness. <laughs> and then you get to the bottom of things and you can figure out what to do, what's right from there. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, these are, these are applicable to general life. This is not a one percenter, uh, uh, dominated section of the neighborhood. I mean, you have every, I think all human beings need to be real careful about hearing one side of a story because the first person that it will come to you will come to you with this high level of emotion and fire and brimstone and you will want to believe it and i have made the mistake of believing one side of the story before and i made that mistake once and promised myself never again because the emotion came you're not gonna believe this fucking shit, man, this fucking shit. <laughs> and then you go oh man that's terrible fuck that guy right. and then i went over and said hey fuck you for what you just did and then he went hey man listen i get what you're saying but can I just uh, tell you my side? Okay, go ahead. What's your side? And by the time he was halfway through being done talking, I felt like I was about that big because I realized his version made a hell of a lot more sense. Based <laughs> on what and then I had attacked him wrongfully. And so I had to, ew, 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 ew. You know, and and so I would say that, <laughs> yeah. You, you got me smiling ear to ear because this is, this you know, this is my life here. <laughs> you got me smiling. I got uh, a shout out to a couple people. Chris, uh, good luck on your journey as a prospect. Uh, also from Australia, uh, Nugget says, uh, Hollywood, here's the truth. The absolute largest organized criminal gangs are the government of the world and Big Pharma and all that good stuff. Rock on from Australia. So let me ask you this: um, a uh, one percenter I respect uh, by the name of Shaggy One Percenter uh, made a statement one time to me um, many, many months ago, and um, I just want to—I'm going to make this statement, and then I want to get your um, reaction to it. So uh, he said, "The hallmarks of a great organization—the uh, three hallmarks of a great organization are respect, participation." And communication. Uh, and, and you're asking for my thoughts on on that. Uh, your response to that. I would say that my God, I mean, I, what was it? It was respect, communication, and participation. Right. I would say that you could apply that to any level of interpersonal relationships throughout the the entirety of humanity, from groups of friends to marriages to to. I mean, shit. I mean, that's that's a that's a pretty wide open and easily applicable statement. So I would say there's that's a reasonable thing to say. Uh, absolutely, it's reasonable. It's not necessarily how I see things, but I mean, let's face it. You know, uh, you know how many how many couples are in couples counseling and talking about we don't know how to communicate anymore and we just don't talk and what oh my god and he's not the man he used to be and uh, who knows you know what i mean so i would say that that is absolutely um viable and reasonable but it's not what i see necessarily as the absolute keystones to uh excellent clubbing so to speak your keystones would be 
Loyalty. Loyalty. Family fucking first. Um, and honesty with, within one another. Yeah. But loyalty, loyalty, love and loyalty. True brotherly love and loyalty. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to give a couple shout outs and take one or two more questions because I think Bigfoot probably has to drain that lizard or something. He's been sitting here for two hours with two us. Hours, <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to wrap it up here soon. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen manuel says hollywood no question just want to say this is one of the best interviews i heard my head off to bigfoot really great to hear his story of the biker life uh ssw uh you have thank shared you. so much that can help anybody thank you for helping me stay sober uh it's awesome man uh you're getting a lot of accolades out there you're getting your story to the people that need to hear it Again, uh, so I final thought I thank, uh, you you. I thank you both so very much truly listen you're I'd welcome like to, on the show anytime man i'd like to get an address from you when we're offline i want to send you uh something um that that i've done i want to send that to you and i uh want to make that well, a gift to you. um and um also um I just want to thank you for taking the time to come to our platforms for us. This is something that we've talked about for a long time uh, to be able to have a platform where a, a club, a, a international president, whatever the case may be, could speak openly and get their story out without it being uh, massaged into some bullshit. And, um, um, and so by uh, coming here and doing this for us, You've allowed us to accomplish some of our dreams that we've been working hard on. And uh, we hope that we've allowed you uh, something that you needed to do. So I, mean, I certainly had hoped you would get something out of it in, in the, in the um, interest of giving what we get. So I am, I'm thrilled that uh, you got something out of this. Cause I can certainly tell you that I, I, I certainly have. And I think that our club has, you know, there will be detractors, there will be haters, but there always are. So, uh, you know, but I think that this has done volumes more good than any bad it could have done. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. I know that uh, you have a, a standing invitation to come on uh, uh, our shows. Certainly mine, the, the Black Dragon Blacker TV. Uh, anytime you want to come on, you know, we'd love to have you come back every now and then. Uh, you know, tell us what's going on, what you want to, whatever you want to get out or whatever the case may be. Talk some bikes, broads, and beer. Oh, wait a second. You just got married. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're uh, ever in the Atlanta area, uh, you know, you're, the Black Dragon's lair is open to you. Our clubhouse is open to you down here. So I, I'm very grateful. I thank you very much. And you're coming to Chi-Town anytime, man. I'm taking you out on the town, man. <laughs> right. I like to appreciate everybody around the world for joining us today. Uh, I got to give a shout out to France, Russia, UK, uh, South uh, uh, Africa. I'm reading all this stuff out here right now. Uh, all the United States, Australia. You guys are awesome. The replay is available on YouTube, all the streaming platforms, as well as the podcast and all that stuff. But thanks again, Bigfoot. For everything, man, uh, we really appreciate having you on. Rock and roll, man. 
talk to you guys later and uh have a good one man everybody stay safe out there thanks for tuning in and get scared